He's back under yeah, you now? Yeah, he's back under the chair. <laughs> he didn't stay on the couch for long. All right. Welcome to Sh- We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Kalina. And this is Selat. And we're so happy you're back with us. Yay! Yeah. Do you guys know that that's not scripted? <laughs> we say just the same thing, even though sometimes we forget how to do our intro. <laughs> But it's like, we say the same exactly. Like, you have your thing, and then I have my thing for any time that we have our intro. Oh, yeah? And, and it's the same it's thing the same. over and over. <laughs> and I wonder if people think we're reading off a script or something. We're not. We don't. This none not, of this is scripted, guys. If you think it's lib. scripted, you're, I don't know, wild. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting point of view, that you would think someone wrote this. <laughs> right. Or we're just fucking good, because it's all, it sounds so natural. <laughs> Just automatic. It just rolls off the tongue, our stuttering and our forgetting what we're talking about. (laughs) I took acting classes to be this (laughs) clueless. (laughs) Well, we're back home. Last, no, yes, last episode was camping. So we're back from that. So that was fun. Now we're here. We are here, but I'm not there. No. So. We had to go back to our distance recording, guys. Yeah. Because COVID's stupid. Because COVID <laughs> is the dumbest thing ever. We have a couple of positive cases at my office, and so I am in quarantine to protect the world in case I have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you have been wearing your mask in the office, though, so. I have been, so. So hopefully you're good. We've been very good about it. It's just you have to take extra precautions. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that Mm -hmm. is just the best thing to do. So we are just staying safe, staying apart, and we're going to record this sucker uh, virtually like we did a couple of times at the beginning of this whole thing. I am back in my car staring at my neighbors walking across my driveway, and they're looking at me all weird because I've got my... uh, vanity light shining on my face so Kalina doesn't talk to a blank screen I may need a jump later (laughs) we know a mechanic it'll be fine (laughs) Uh, yes we do so we do um what are we doing here today so oh yes yes hi um welcome to us we are a podcast who read and reviews paranormal romance novels so yeah, thank you yeah. for joining us. Super excited! Yay! And, uh, Super excited! You have a yeah. Do you have a cookie um, for me? Ooh, I do. Oh shit! Yes, yes. All right. <laughs> I think this one's gonna be fun. Okay. What is the best and worst pickup line you've ever heard? Whether it was said or you said it, or that you've heard in a joke or a meme or just randomly that you can think of on the fly being able to think of it on the fly is definitely key part of that question because <laughs> i'm sure it is terrible ones i've heard but oh there's way worse ones it's gonna have to be like oh, what can i think of right now huh. <laughs> <laughs> i think i really hate the one and it's used a lot in movies i've never seen it used in real life okay so i think it's just a pop culture one that you know someone came up with as something that would be kind of funny to use, but I don't like it. The one where like, did it hurt when you fell from heaven? <laughs> and you're like, yes. shut up. Fuck you. Yes, I don't fucking want to deal with you. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to me. <laughs> you don't know me. How do you no. know I'm an angel? <laughs> like, fuck off. Fuck you. Fuck you. That is a bad one. That one pisses me off for some reason. <laughs> Oh, it's a terrible one. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever personally had one used on me that I can remember as being particularly awful. Yeah, I'm with you there. I actually don't even think I've ever had a pickup line. And if I have, I am oblivious <laughs> to it because I don't pick up on that kind of stuff. People talk to me and I'm just like, hey, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it could just be as easy as, you know, hey, let me have your number. And then I'll be like, oh, hi, friend. <laughs> So I actually, if I've heard one, I don't think I remember. I mean, it's also been a while. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I did have a guy ask me, 
No, I asked him because he just wouldn't leave me alone. I asked him if he believed in God. And he was like, yeah, of course, absolutely. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's going to be a problem for us. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> so. Well, yeah, that's good. <laughs> there you go. Honestly, I could, it was, I had a hard time trying to find one that fit this book. So. No, I get it. Sometimes we paint ourselves into corners with our own creativity. You know, <laughs> we're like, we let's do. create a new segment that it's going to be really hard for us in like 20 episodes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Like Kiss and Tells and now Quickies. Yeah. I mean, we're Kiss just and like... Tells were genius in episodes one through like 30. And now we're <laughs> like episode 71. And I'm like, I got literally no more sex. None of it. We're like, <laughs> we don't even do that anymore. What's sex? What is sex? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That's why I read these books, because I ain't getting none. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, well, we read Siren Misfit by Eve Longley for this particular episode. Mm -hmm. um, it's book two. In her Misfit trilogy or series or yes. whatever it's going to be. And there's three now. I don't know if there's more to come. Yes. The narrator was Marie Smith. Same narrator for the first book. We That was a couple episodes back. Well, quite a few episodes back. I think it was like last year, wasn't no, it? I mean, it depends on what you mean by last year. It was still, it actually was never last year. It was this calendar year and also this podcasting year. It was the first episode of this season for us. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, seasonally. Seasonally. Technically. Yeah. Our third season. If <laughs> I mean, we never take a break, so we don't really have seasons, but whatever. That's true. <laughs> we just keep going. Anyway, that's ne neither here nor there. So <laughs> let's do a quick clits notes about the book. Let's do it. So this is, like I said, the second book. In the, in the first book, if you remember, we met Beth, who was a hybrid misfit, and her two roommates, Lana and Claire. And so this book's for Lana. Lana is a siren and a mermaid. So she's a siren misfit because she doesn't quite fit in either category because of her dual heritage. But she's a funny mermaid in that she's afraid of the ocean. <laughs> so she just, the most water she ever goes near is a bath. She doesn't even like pools. No, so. she does not like water. It's the weirdest mermaid ever. So she has a big phobia of that. And she doesn't remember what it was like when she used to be able to like swim and have a tail and gills and everything. She she vaguely remembers that it did happen when she was a kid, but she hasn't done it in so long mm -hmm. that it's not part of her. But she does have the siren voice. It's not quite good. <laughs> Tuned? Tuned. Sounds pretty bad, and it usually causes pain and distress, as opposed to <laughs> enchanting people uh -huh. to doing what th what she wants them to do, which is what real sirens do. Her voice seems to just, like, hurt people. <laughs> yeah. Almost kind of like that Harry Potter mermaids. Well, yeah. But sirens and mermaids are different. But yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, like, like, as far as the voice goes. Because it sounded all horrible above the yeah. water and then sounded good in the water. But yeah, because her, her voice sounds better in the water when we find mm -hmm. out at the end. So yeah. yeah. She's very much basically a Harry Potter mermaid. <laughs> there you go. But um, anyway, she meets this guy. This beefcake, who she calls Conan, this giant mm. warrior man. At the end of the first book, he like winks at her and comes into her <laughs> life. And she's like, nah, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So his name is Yori, it turns out. And he is a warrior of Odin. So he lives in Valhalla and they go off and, you know, fight every day and win battles and stuff. And we find out by the end, I'll just spoiler, you know, this whole thing's a spoiler alert, but whatever. We'll jump to the end where we find <laughs> out he is the son of Zeus and a Valkyrie. Mm -hmm. So he has like lightning bolt power and then wings. So he's a demigod. He's half mm -hmm. god. And he's like obsessed with her. He's usually mm -hmm. a pretty big player. He has no problem betting the wenches here and there everywhere. But ever since he saw Lana, he just, he can't get her out of his head. And she is all he wants. That's it. And his dick doesn't work for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> he also was told a prophecy by Lilith at the battle, but that doesn't really come back. So we're not going to go into it. We don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> we're skipping right over it. Anyway, yep. 
He tries to pursue her. He figures if they just bone real fast, he'll get over it. He'll be able to move on with his life. She's like, no, get the fuck away from me. I want nothing to do with you. And he's floored. No one denies him. (laughs) Women don't turn him down. Nope. No, he is a warrior of Odin, guys. This man is sexy, right? (laughs) He's funny. So naturally, he moves in with them. <laughs> because well Beth is gone so now they need another roommate they, to help compensate for the rent. Well that's the story, but eventually uh-huh. Claire admits that she's scared for Lana because yeah. some guys have come around twice asking for her and looking mm-hmm. for her. So she thinks that that almost happened to Beth in the first book where she was being pursued by the people from the institute who like did all the experiments on her growing up. Mm-hmm. And so with that having just recently happened, Claire wants to take the extra precaution of bringing in this hunky guy who seems to like her <laughs> yeah. to maybe help protect Lana. Mm-hmm. So she basically puts out an ad just for him to come live with them because she wants him. She wants help for Lana. Mm-hmm. So he moves in. They flirt. They have sexual tension, but they're not, you know, she keeps churning him down. They're obviously something's happening between the two of them because she's also experiencing like serious sexual frustration when she tries to like yeah. get herself off. It just isn't working. She really wants to sleep with him, but she doesn't want to admit that. And she's having a hard time <laughs> yep. admitting it. Like even like going, no, I don't, I don't need that in my life. So right. after years of trying to talk to the sirens about her siren half and being rebuffed, And trying to talk to the mermaids about her mermaid half, but being afraid of the ocean, so therefore not going to talk to them where they live. (laughs) Finally, the sirens invite her to their island so that she can come and learn and figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. She shows up. They almost get killed on the way. There's a kraken. It takes down an airplane. They have to fight their way out. Some giant albatrosses save them. They end up on the island. The sirens are bitches. No one likes her. <laughs> they use some magical powers to regress her memory so that they can figure like figure out how she was created, where she came mm-hmm. from. And they're like, no, you're an abomination. You were born in a test tube. And she's like, I didn't remember this. Well, who does? <laughs> and then they, <laughs> who thro- remembers being they throw born? her into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Off a cliff. Just off a cliff. They hurl her ass into off a cliff. Into an ocean. Uh, Jory tries to save her, but they chain him and he's fighting off all the men on the island with his wings uh-huh. and his lightning and his swords. And she finally <laughs> realizes she knows how to swim again. She, by being thrown into the water and forced to confront her fear, the other half of her, the half she's been suppressing for so long, finally reemerges and she becomes a mermaid again. She gets her tail mm-hmm. back. She gets her gills back. She's able to sing underwater. And she finds out, she talks to the mermaids and finds out that they think she's Poseidon's Neptune's. daughter. Neptune? Neptune. Really? Yeah. Right. I wrote down Neptune. I d- couldn't remember. I knew it was one of the two because that's they're the same god. Oh. But because they used Zeus and Zeus is Greek... Oh. I thought that she would also use Neptune because Neptune's Greek, but apparently, she, or I mean, would Poseidon. be Poseidon because Poseidon's Greek, because said she is Neptune and Neptune is, is Roman. Roman. <laughs> so that's why I wrote down Poseidon because I did it after the fact because I was like, oh, I don't remember what they said. Oh, that's so interesting. I, I never know which one is which. I think I would have remembered Poseidon's name because okay. I don't ever. I, don't I, remember I trust you on that Dick. one because I literally I took a stab at Poseidon because of the Zeus right. connection. Okay. I I only know the difference because the Roman gods are what we named the planets after. Oh. And the Greek ones aren't. So that's how. So if you know, like Jupiter. Okay. Therefore, Zeus must be Greek. Mm. And therefore, Poseidon is Greek, whereas Neptune is Roman. Watch me be so fucking wrong on this, <laughs> you guys. We're going to get so Watch much hate mail. Watch me just a bunch of shit like People I know like, all the fucking things. Kalina and someone's going to write in and be like, what the fuck are you talking about, bitch? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm right. I know what I'm talking about. Don't. I'm not even going to Google this. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's right, guys. Just believe it. It just is. Anyway, if not, it's my logic for shit, and I'm not changing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Neptune. (laughs) So they think that Neptune is her father. He was their 
leader, their king, but he's been gone for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so it turns out one of the Siren sisters has also been gone for 20 years. She and Neptune had a fling. Well, maybe more than a fling. Mm -hmm. But they've both been missing for roughly the same amount of time. And it's also close to her age. So they think that they were, you know, ran off together, had a kid, and were maybe captured by humans. And that's why she grew up in a lab. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, all of that aside... The sirens and the mermaids put away their fight because they've been fighting for 20 years because they each blame the other for why they're missing a, oh, a loved mm-hmm, one. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, it's your fault. No, it's your <laughs> fault. He ran off with you. No, of <laughs> so they stop fighting they've agreed to like help her learn about her past and who she is and she's agreed to help find her parents because hopefully they're still alive maybe they're being held by humans we don't know and uh she and yori bone a couple times yeah and uh are pretty much they aren't admitting it even by the end they're like this will just be what it is we'll see it'll last or not whatever but you know well she gets pregnant well she's pregnant (laughs) you know (laughs) so i'm pretty sure it'll last but but it is interesting because they don't you know come out and say like oh my god you're the only person in the world for me i love you so much right there's not that ending confession of eternal love built on we're obviously fated mates exactly the fates and the whatever it is that was predicted by the lilith lilith yeah the last seer or whatever yep awesome so yeah so that's it quick quick i do appreciate eve's stories because they're pretty succinct Mm -hmm. like there is some like crazy like shit going on in it but it's pretty easy to just be like pick up you know, on it and pick up on yeah. it you don't have to like there's not a whole weird hierarchy of like creatures that you have to learn in order to understand the world or it's pretty a ton of characters and yeah, yeah. the characters are very few mm-hmm. i mean beth never even comes back in this book no you know you would think we'd get like beth and her two simon and Jean, her lovers mm-hmm. but nope they're mentioned a couple times but they aren't characters in this book right. they aren't there it's so funny because i thought that they were a lot closer but it really does seem like beth was just a roommate you know yeah i think i think they are closer i think because of the way the last book ended with her becoming queen of um limbo i don't think she can really leave it it seems like right like she's stuck and down so there. she's gonna live there and and she's got a lot on her plate. And also, it feels like this all takes place in the span of, like, the two weeks following that. Yeah, pretty quickly. So, well, those are the synopsis. What are we going to, you know, what do you have to say? What do you think? What do you want? I want to say that my favorite parts throughout this book was when they ate donuts <laughs> and drank coffee. <laughs> I fucking love that, too. I mean, I am on board. Because it seemed like they had some serious donut and caffeine issues. Oh, my God. I'm like, this is not the first donut scenes that we've ever had. And every time, they're just so good. They're so good. So good. At one point, she ate three solid, right? Like, back to back. And I was impressed. Yeah. I was like, I I love donuts. And I couldn't eat three donuts in a row. No, unless they're the the little tiny ones that come in from 7-Eleven. You know, I could eat those. Yeah, yeah. Like, full-size donut. And they were full. They were filled. She ate like oh, raspberry, right. lemon, and a blueberry filled donut. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. Uh uh-uh. uh. Go for you. I guess maybe it's that mermaid metabolism. I was going to say, she's part <laughs> magical creature. So that makes sense. <laughs> she's all magical creature. That's true. She is not even not part. She's, she is full. I don't know. I liked this book, but I didn't like it better than Beth's book, the first book. Uh, what was that one called? Hybrid Misfit. Hybrid Misfit. Mainly because that was just like super fucking hot threesome scenes. It really was. That was no joke. But even Eve's other books, like Kodiak Point, I fucking loved those. Those were great the too. The Hell Series. And the Hell Series. Those ones are a ton of fun. Um, So this one didn't capture me. It didn't pull me in as much as the other ones did. It wasn't as funny. I think that's... That was what was missing for yeah, me, too. Yeah, like she's a hilarious freaking writer. She's fucking funny. And usually it stands out. It's, mm-hmm. like, really good. And this isn't bad. It's just it really wasn't – I don't know. I think the chemistry was lacking. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever get why these two wanted to be together. Right. It, Other than there was they, that – They didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> but now they're stuck together because of this baby. <laughs> 
I mean, the other ones, all of her, almost all of her characters, all the ones I'm remembering at least, there is always that initial tension where they kind of like fight with each other, that will they, won't they kind of. That denial. Well, one of them seems a little bit more interested in it than the other or whatever. And Mm -hmm. eventually they both come to see how all the positive traits in the other person and how that melds with their, like they fill the holes for each other. their voids. But I don't, I mean... I get why he kind of like he he had a couple of scenes where he expressed what about Lana was drawing him to her like beyond just their initial like I, he saw her and wanted to film mm-hmm. her but the more he got to know her she was like so strong and even when she was scared of things she put on a brave face and faced them except for the water issue she really yeah. didn't do that <laughs> but he just he just was like nice <laughs> I mean, really. (laughs) I mean, I guess you could... Here's my thing. I was not attracted to Jory. No. At all. I don't I did not find him And I love Vikings. I should have been like hot as hell for this man. But there was like for some reason, I don't know if it was his description or his demeanor didn't make me think Norse god Viking. It made me think of like one of the Jersey Sword guys. Yes. So, oh my god, you're so right. It it was it was definitely his demeanor. I mean, like that's the perfect description of it. His insistence on, oh, don't worry, you are going to end up fucking me was so I just I can't handle that type of mentality because it's like dude no means fucking no and even if you yeah. think she's like oh eventually gonna you know fall for you which obviously she does is what the point of the book is but that persistence after you have been fucking turned down yeah turned down for so many and even if she really does secretly deep down inside says in her head that she is she blatantly fucking tells you, no, you take that. You take it and you fucking leave it. And I know that he wanted to help her and he's a good guy and whatever, all that. But And I mean, a couple of times he kept saying, like, well, I'll do it for a kiss. Yeah. Which seemed icky and gross. But then when she gave him a kiss, he didn't push for more. Yes. So true. And, and it would surprise her because she would expect him to take advantage. And he didn't. But it was the way he talked. Yes. Like he ended up being a, yes, good, he's guy a good guy. He tried to save her. He tried to dive into the ocean yes. to save her. And he got manacled by the <laughs> sirens. Again, sirens suck. But <laughs> he tried. I mean, he's like, he didn't have to come out. He just did. He, he is a good guy. But the way he talked and the way he interacted with her throughout the whole book, I just never saw chemistry. Right. And I was put off by him for most of it. He wasn't that funny. Right. Eve writes so much better characters. Mm-hmm. This two just fell flat for me. I just, yeah. you know. Yeah. It just, it, they weren't my favorite. Even Lana. And I already have like this prejudice i guess towards like the really the two prideful women like i'm all for strong women like it's written in books and stuff like that i i'm all for that but there comes a point where it's just a little bit too much when nobody can penetrate you (laughs) and i don't mean that just physically but like emotionally too because it's like not that you should let everybody in but you should at least i don't know it's the whole back off well and did you catch her backstory as to why she was, like, heartbroken? I can't remember. And I'll give you a hint. It's not because her mom died. <laughs> it was, like, some story from high school where, like, a guy who shared pizza with her was supposed to take her to prom or something. And then when she got there, he was dancing with someone else. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. I It was so that. small. It was so small. Okay. I was going to say, I it was, I like, I actually went, What? And I backed up because I was like, I'm sorry, this is why she's hurt <laughs> and doesn't trust men. It, it really felt retro retroed into the book because it is not part of anything. It's not part of anything. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I and totally I like, missed that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is not a good enough reason. No. Not a good enough I, reason. I understand her, her walls about the water after her mom's death and everything. And I can see how like that would put up kind of a like barriers to mm-hmm. other things because she's lost the only person who really loved and cared about her when she was a child. Her quote unquote mom. The yeah, woman that's who true. It's not her. her real mother. Yeah. She, this woman took her from the experiment. The lab. Yeah. Yeah. The lab and saved her and then helped her, you know, swim in the ocean and then a bunch of eels killed her. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes 
sometimes there's flotsam and jetsam. They oh, got no. her. Sometimes there's no way to say things that don't sound just ridiculous. No, I know. <laughs> Where you're just like, uh, yeah, bunch of eels. I also get that some people just are bitchy. I get it. That's just their mentality. That's just how they are. Their personality is just, they're standoffish. They're not warming or welcoming. Whatever. That's cool. That's just how they are. But I felt like she had a real problem. And I know that she was trying to get help. I don't think she was. From the sirens. Oh, okay. Well, from the sirens and from the mermaids. Because that was her, her biggest thing was... I need to know where I fucking come from and what I can do because all she knows is her voice can kill, but she wants to learn how to control it. She wants to know her history. She wants to know where she came from, who her her father is. Because up until the very end, when we find out that it's Neptune, she has no fucking idea. No, I mean, she thought that that woman was her mother, but she's Mm -hmm. not. No. And then like when her mother died or that woman, her mother, the one that she's calling her mother died, some humans found her and then she got adopted by an old elderly lady and she was going deaf. Her mom was deaf, the one who'd rescued mm-hmm. her, so they couldn't hear how terrible she sings. <laughs> and her voice kills. Yeah. It's pretty much how they how she got her and Claire out of purgatory. Limbo. What is that? Limbo, the war with Beth. Yes. She stopped the demon and the angelic armies from attacking them with her voice. Yes. So she's pretty badass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she's, she's, and she knows she needs help. And so she's trying to, to get it and everything. So, I mean, I can understand why she's so standoffish. But at, at the same time, I know she's weary about Jory, but he is there to help. Exactly. You and know. he hasn't really, I mean, aside from, yes, none of us like the way he talks. <laughs> But she didn't have, like, nothing, there was no reason. She doesn't have a boyfriend. She hasn't, aside from that weird story about maybe prom, (laughs) it doesn't sound like she's had terrible luck with men. So I didn't quite understand why she was just, like, so hard no. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even want to talk to you. Right. She slammed a door in his face at one point, and it's like. And not that we're saying you need a reason not to talk to men. That's not what we're saying. (laughs) We're just trying to find the root of this. I get that. Right. If you want to not talk to anybody, cool. We're not saying you you need a reason to be mad at somebody. Because this book is about this. <laughs> Event like we just know that they're gonna end up together, so I'm just like Right, just, right, right. If I had a reason, I feel I think I would have bought into their story more. Right. And not only that, but the reason that they gave was not believable. And it didn't come up to the very end anyway. Right. But then they eventually gave they just gave in. That's we have to talk about that scene. That's the best one the airplane scene oh god yes (laughs) yes oh my god that fucking scene so they've been kind of dancing around like she's still saying no they have had a couple of kisses i think Mm -hmm. but they're on this private jet to the island for the sirens and she's all kind of nervous because she knows you can't really trust sirens again yeah they're assholes assholes yeah they're bad And so she knows that she's not going to be able to, like, deal with that stress. She's flying over the ocean, which is fucking freaking her out. Yeah. Because she is afraid of the ocean. And now she's just flying in an airplane over it with no protection. Yep. And so he's being all flirty and attractive. And she's like, fine, we should just do this because then at least, you know, I'll be more relaxed. Because she's also sexually frustrated at this point. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, he uh, takes a little trip south and gives her a pretty damn good oral orgasm. Mm-hmm. And she breaks the plane. Because <laughs> she is moaning and screams or lets out a big something exclamation in the end. And yeah, her you know, her voice causes damage and makes people want to kill I mean, themselves. It turns out she did it. The, right. the joke is that the pilot's dead because she screamed. <laughs> Right, but it turns out he's dead because there was an octopus in the cabin that yeah. strangled him or suffocated him somehow. Yeah. <laughs> because that's more sensical than <laughs> than her killing the the pilot as she's getting an orgasm. So, so it's not her fault that the plane crashes, but the plane crashes. Holy hell! This fucking scene. <laughs> Can you imagine how much fucking anxiety I went through just fucking listening to this? I believe yeah. 
I do. I was I couldn't wait for this book to come out because it was about a fucking siren mermaid who was afraid of water. And I'm like, yes, that is relatable. I am terrified of water. I don't like it. And I don't like flying either. <laughs> and I especially hate flying over water. So I was with her 100% all the way. I don't care if it was a, a private jet. And then it fucking, the, uh, she orgasms. And it was good because he just like he goes down on her in the whole book. And that's pretty oh, much he does it so I have many to times. Give Yori, strong props for that. Because <laughs> like know, almost all like... of their sexual encounter is just cutting just That's all it that's is. That's all it is. Oh, but then she like loses it and then the plane starts to go down and I'm like I-, I had to I powered through it for one. I was gonna stop it. But then I was just like, No, I need to fucking get through this. You gotta listen. <laughs> I have to listen to it. And I busied myself by washing dishes. I just, I can't, I can't tell you the, the sweat that was happening and the, like, anxiety that was just formulating in my brain. Uh-huh. I was like, That's a this is not good. Because it was a fun scene. There's a fucking Kraken pulling was an a airplane kraken. out of the sky. I fucking yeah. loved it. I was like, what? <laughs> and yep. then he fights a Kraken with a yeah. sword. Yeah, is badass. A flaming sword. Jory is pretty badass. Yeah, no, he's definitely, and she's just sitting on top of the plane like fucking catatonic. Well, losing her mind because she's like, because I think she also didn't like flying, and especially over she the ocean. She doesn't flying; so, like, it's the ocean part. Oh, it's just the okay. So it was just like, oh my god! And so she had to do all this, and yeah. Well, it turns out the krakens came from the mermaids. Yeah, yeah, he was sent by the mermaid. But did you hear he quit his job? <laughs> yes. I would have. To, I think that's my favorite part. <laughs> There's two that's parts my favorite of this, part of this whole is, book. This is that are classic Eve because they're fucking uh-huh. hilarious and they're little small yes. bits. And one is yeah. At the end, Odin mentions that the Kraken quit his job because the mermaids didn't tell him he might lose limbs <laughs> fighting that airplane. So that's he quit. So awesome. And then two. <laughs> Right after this scene, so they get picked up by albatross, giant albatross birds, and flown Mm -hmm. to the island. And while they're being flown, one of the albatross poops on Jory. (laughs) (laughs) And then then dunks him in the ocean to wash him off. It's awesome. Those are classic. So those are two. Eve those are the scenes. moments that you're just like, oh, Eve, I yes. love you, because they're mm-hmm. just like tiny bits of like added levity and and, and humor. Yeah, it was almost kind of like, hey, how about you write this, and I'll just put in some of my two cents. <laughs> and one cent was getting pooped on by an albatross, <laughs> and the other cent was the Kraken quitting his job. It was great. I loved those parts. It was. So. Yeah, I mean, I did enjoy that sex scene until the whole. Oh man, it was good. Thing. I mean, yeah, then the airplane fell, so it it, it abrupt yeah. it went from really awesome to abruptly t- scary. I get that. Yeah, but then they um they had sex on the island. They had actual sex, sex, and then they got yes, but they were sort of drugged into having sex. Oh, they didn't eat the food till after they had sex. Oh, I thought it was the wine that made them do it. Yeah, but that was also after, wasn't it? I thought it was before because she cursed. She was like, "Damn sirens!" You know, because yeah, but I, I thought it was that faulted them for that one guy. We it was the it, the food and the wine was from the sirens, but it was that just like one of their servant guys dropped it off in the middle of their sex scene. Oh, I see. And then okay. he punched him I didn't because that. he was looking at Lana. You right. punched the guy. Yeah. Well. <laughs> They were both naked, and Yori just answered the door, and then was mad. Well, of course, that the dude was like, "There's a naked lady in bed." I'm going to look Everyone's at the naked lady. Everyone's going to look at the naked lady in bed. Everyone's <laughs> going to look at the two naked people that just answered the fucking door. The two really hot naked people. Everyone, literally yeah. everyone. Everyone. There's not a single person who's going to be like the door, unless I'm, you know, blind people, I guess. <laughs> so if you can't see, you won't look at the naked people. But other than that. <laughs> everyone's gonna be like whoa dude i was just bringing you food i didn't need all that but uh, sorry you answered the door was their- but naked so <laughs> and that was their first intercourse yes. scene that was pretty and, good well it yeah. started off with more cunnilingus <laughs> yes all of them did it just no i think they all, all did everyone every he scene in this really book i was like wow, wow 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 we get a lot of it I in mean, our books it's always kind of prevalent you think so? i do think so we do get them more than blowjob scenes because because most of the books are written by women and that's a much more well that's the satisfaction of well, the women and, and it's to showing the to. male characters as being more interested in yeah the women's completion satisfying the woman yeah yeah which okay brings me to a question <laughs> that i've written down 
which actually it's not just one question, but how do you actually feel about cunnilingus? Like, are you a fan of it? Have you ever had like a mind blowing experience with it? Is there, I want, (laughs) (laughs) I want so badly to get to a place that I can enjoy it more Yeah, because I have, I think too much, societal hang-ups about just society telling women that a our bodies are gross mm-hmm. our bodies smell mm-hmm. and that's disgusting our bodies like have fluids and that's disgusting our like everything yeah. about women's bodies is basically ingrained in us to be ashamed and grossed out by yes and part of what we're doing with this podcast is talking about it so that we know that that's not true right and trying to break down a lot of those those storylines that get shared with us over and over again as, as mm-hmm. from young ages. Yeah. And I've been doing a lot of reading women's health books and like learning your own sexuality stuff and getting to places where, cause I want to be less self-conscious cause I'm up, I get too far into my own head about it instead of just being in the moment and feeling the sensations that I get from it. Right. I'm all like, what, <laughs> what if it smells bad? What if it doesn't taste good? Right. What, what what if he hates me? Like, <laughs> and obviously none of that is happening. If he hates you, he's definitely have you going ever done licked it. a dick that didn't taste good? Yeah, we've all done that. <laughs> but do you think they're all up in their head about their nasty ass dick? Mm. No. No. I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure some are. Well. But for the most part, I don't think they lay their racked with thoughts about their sweaty dick that I put in my Maybe mouth. Maybe the hobos do. Well, I don't <laughs> suck hobos. <laughs> No, you do. Can't, can't say that I ever have. So. <laughs> <sighs> so I want so badly to like it more because I think I would. I think if I could get because I do think the sensations there are going to be like are better, but I just am too internal. And since all of my sexual responses start in my head, yeah. if I'm busy doing that and not focusing on the actual sensations, then it'll never, I'll never orgasm. Right. You, you'll never be able to fully, fully enjoy it. Because I'm not letting loose. I'm not mm-hmm. relaxing into it. I have, I'm being, I'm holding myself rigid in fear and anxiety. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. I mean, I, I go through that same exact thing and I don't, I don't want to talk shit about all of the guys that have gone down on me, but I haven't had, Mm -hmm. I haven't had a really good one. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's compounded with the thoughts of not being good enough, like you just described and worrying about if I smell or if I've got, if my hair is too long, you know, because we sweat down there too. Hell yeah, we do. And when they come back up for a kiss, I actually, I don't want to kiss them because I don't want to taste myself. It's just not, you know, <laughs> but then I feel bad because I'm like, oh, that's what I, you know? So, I mean, it yeah. could be, it could be obviously me, but one, it gets way too wet, too wet that I can't have a full sensation. Part of the reason why I don't like shower sex or sex in the water, because if it gets too wet, I can't, it's too slippery. Then it's just like, there's no, there's no friction. friction. Right. So you can't feel anything. And the other thing is, is I just don't think I've had it from anybody good enough. I've never orgasmed. Yeah. I don't think. I haven't either. I don't think I have. I, I, I think Dan would argue with me on that, like maybe early in our relationship. But if it was, it wasn't memorable. <laughs> <laughs> I will remind myself not to let Dan listen to this episode. <laughs> but it's just it's just one of those things, you know? It is. I, I can't put any of it on them 100% because like I said, I know so much if it is me. But I also haven't been really... It, no one's ever tried too hard mm. to put me at ease about it. Okay. So I also kind of say that that's a little bit on them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, just in the sense that in all of these books, it's such a big thing for the for the guys. Yeah. Like the guys in these books are not playing around about it. They're like, no, I want to do this for you. This is about you and your sensations, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I've never had anyone do that for me. So... I'm the only one trying to put myself at ease and that's too hard. So I think if I had a partner who was more like, let's work through this together instead of just being like, well, if you're uncomfortable, then we don't have to do that. And I get that. And for you, it's not just like when he's doing oral on you, it's your whole sexual experience, right? Oh, absolutely. It's the whole thing, like not just going down, but also, also the actual sex, you know? So I mean, I'm I'm there too, even during the actual intercourse too, because 
Like, the last time Dan and I boned, I turned the lights off. But I always turn the lights off. It's just, I'm just, I'm uncomfortable in the body that I'm in right now because this is just the worst that I've ever felt and the worst that I've ever been. Mm -hmm. So I'm there with you, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, it does suck. I That mental thing is a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) It is. And it is, that's why it's so much easier to just masturbate. Right, totally. It is so much easier. Because you're just like, this is fine. (laughs) Yeah, totally. But here's a good thing out of all of this. And you're you're right. The good thing that comes out of our podcast is that we try to talk about these and bring these to light, our feelings, the emotions, and just the topic in general to let people then know that it's acceptable and okay to talk about. So something that Lana struggles with is suppressing who she is completely. Yes. You know, she yes. holds a lot of stuff deep down inside of her, which could mm-hmm. be part of the reason why she's like just super bitchy. Absolutely. I get a hundred percent is. Yeah. I mean, she even mentions that if she goes too long without taking a salt bath, mm-hmm. like basically completely exiting out her mermaid side, yeah. she basically PMSs. <laughs> yeah. Like she's just like, it's even bitchier than she normally is mm-hmm. because, her she doesn't even commune with the salt water right like she should be so the moral of this because lana learns it by the end is being true to your whole self yes you know learning it like figuring that out which is the hardest like for her you know she got thrown in the water and she fixed it but (laughs) that's not how the real life works yes but working on that and learning how to honestly be truly yourself and and loving yourself for who you are Mm -hmm. and that's the human struggle that's not unique to anybody it's all of us yes you know that's something we should all be working on absolutely and it's hard it's none about nothing about that is easy no but we're, we're talking about it and that's cool yeah i mean and it's big for i mean you and i are i think on different spectrums of that i think not that i am I just feel like I'm a little bit more open because I don't have a problem sharing, whereas you're a little bit more conservative in that sense. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it is harder for you to do that, which is so commendable that we're actually doing this and speaking to each other as, <laughs> you know, best friends mm-hmm. and then to all of our listeners and everybody that, <laughs> you know, that gets involved in these conversations. It's so important so that we have this platform to do that. I think it's wonderful. I think so, too. Yeah. Because it is. And it, hopefully, you know, somebody else who's struggling with it, too, can hear, you're not alone. It's not easy. But mm-hmm. just keep working on it. Absolutely. And maybe by the end of this podcast, we will both enjoy cuddling. It just <laughs> might be. It might be. Send us your cuddling stories and tell us how terrible they are for you. <laughs> I mean, I've told the story on the podcast of my... 69 experience right yes where i fell off the bed yeah so i mean <laughs> that's yes, you have my experience where i just mm-hmm. lose my goddamn head and yeah. throw myself into a crack <laughs> upside down naked on a rusty register so you know don't do that if you, have, if you haven't do done that. that yet you're good that was the same conversation where i told you he could be on top for 69 and you're like what <laughs> And then, like an idiot, I was like, nobody else has done 96? Well, that's not a thing, you dumbass. Because then you should be singing back to back. back. What are you going to do now? Reach around? Just sleep. (laughs) So stupid. That's called napping. That's called napping. (laughs) So dumb. Uh, No, uh, I still think that if he's on top, you're going to die. But <laughs> that's how I feel. It's, it, is, it is much harder. That you just have to move your There's face. There's just balls bouncing on your face. <laughs> on your fucking face. On your forehead. Just, just like on, on your eyes <laughs> and like your nose. <laughs> that is just like totally in your face. And, and then his ass. It's just, it's a lot. There's a lot oh. happening there. That ass. No thing. You know? That's so awesome. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's well, do our kiss and tell. We should. We should definitely kiss and tell. So we're going to talk about our biggest fears that kind of hold us back. Because Lana is a mermaid who is afraid of water. Yes. <laughs> and thus is not living her authentic life. Mm-hmm. Is not figuring out who she really is. And until she handles that, she's not in a good place. Yeah, absolutely. She has to she has to get over that. So So 
This is reminiscent of the conversation that we had with Lisa and Corinne mm-hmm. of uh, something that we like our biggest one of our biggest fears and what we struggle with. And on that episode, I did talk about just like losing family and if somebody were to get hurt and unhealthy and things like that. And in such a critical time right now or as COVID swipes the world and just shits on everybody, that's definitely something to be mindful of. But I also wanted to talk about your, well, what you had brought up. And I feel like that that is also something I struggle with, which is the fear of imposter syndrome, the imposter syndrome. And I have to admit at that point in time, I don't think I fully understood it. And then you sent me an article a little bit later, which was supposed to just help understand it a little bit more and tell you that you're not an imposter. But I really do feel like I fit that category like a hundred percent. Like I know that when you were talking about it, I kept telling you, you know, your shit and you're like, of course I know my shit, but does everybody else know that I know my shit, right? Yeah. For me, I truly honestly don't feel like I know my shit. Like, (laughs) like I'm good with logistics, spreadsheets and all of that, but there are times and especially I find this within meetings and this might have 80% to do with my anxiety and me just not being able to express myself on like I guess a more professional level I really feel like I most of the time have no idea what's going on at work and I pretend like I do so I always sit back during meetings or I turn my camera off or I just I never participate and I don't see anything if we have a convening with our funders and we bring in they bring in all of our allies and other organizations to create coalitions people participate and they speak up and they talk about all these different things that have to do with the advocacy work that we do and i have no idea what they're talking about a lot of it are acronyms that i don't understand data statistics just things and these people are just shooting off numbers and information and data and talking about this and how we can help with that and I have no clue and I feel terrible about it and this is all coming to light now that everybody's having a zoom meeting every 30 minutes of their life you know (laughs) so for me I think that struggle is coming to surface and I fear that it's uh it's really starting to attack my anxiety a little bit more which sucks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I don't know Oh, no! Don't! Ah! <laughs> oh, bad timing, phone. That was a disaster. Hold on. Comedic break <laughs> in the middle of a serious topic. I knocked my headphones off my ears, thus taking down my iPad and Kalina with me. But, uh, yeah, so that's uh, it's mine. Yeah, and that's, it's one of the mm-hmm. hardest things. That and water. To deal with. Well, yeah, I thought you'd pick up water, but okay. <laughs> no, I got real. I got real on this one. Uh, yeah, it's, no, imposter sy- syndrome serious. It's hard. And yeah, I think the, you know, you could ask for ratings, I guess, if your coworkers have anything that they think you should read to help, like, read up on stuff. I mean, you've got to probably weigh the years that some people have been doing, especially advocacy mm-hmm. work versus the time you have been because you've done a lot with schools but you haven't really been in the advocacy arena until this job absolutely or anything to do with legislation and politics i'm really behind the scene on that one too i have no fucking clue done a lot of office stuff and office stuff in education Mm -hmm. space but not actually like yeah advocacy legislation that's all different. That's, totally. And it isn't stuff that you intuitively know. Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a high, steep learning curve. Everything in the nonprofit world has acronyms <laughs> that nobody yes. fucking knows. You are not alone. <laughs> People throwing them out all the goddamn time. And I guarantee you, half the people <laughs> don't know them. All the time. It happens in every meeting that any yeah. nonprofit ever yeah. is involved in. So don't feel too bad about that because that you're not you're not alone there. <laughs> Somebody's gonna make up some fucking yep. acronym for something and then not tell anybody what it means <laughs> and then just sound smart by saying it over and over again. Yep. While everybody else is like, "What the fuck?" Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just say you're not, and I think your boss knows you're not an imposter and knows the value of you, and so you just kind of got to hold on to that and all of the work that you're doing to improve mm-hmm. you're, you're in school you've gone back to school to get your degree and all of that and that's not you know because you want to fake it you that's for real right yes it is absolutely so, yeah 
Thanks. Yeah. But I get it. It's I still live with it all the time, constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it was my, I guess, biggest fear last time we talked. But I was, I don't know why, but I felt like both those questions, I, I think, I guess I just haven't worded these correctly. But I feel like last time, I didn't get the answers I was looking for. And again, I haven't. <laughs> I think we need to, like, differentiate, <laughs> like, fear. Like, I... I <laughs> what were you looking for? Like, like this are like existential issues. And I was like, <laughs> what are you phobic of? I think phobic's the oh, better word. Oh, phobic would have been a better word. <laughs> like, I, don't, I mean, not that that wasn't a good conversation, no. but I was going to talk about how I don't like grocery stores, but whatever. <laughs> and it makes it really hard to get groceries. Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> But now I'm like, shit. <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, well, that was for both of us during when we had done that interview with them, because we were both like, oh, they went super serial on us. Everybody was like, yeah, I was like, well, obviously I'm afraid of people dying, but I was just going to say. <laughs> Phobic would have been. Because <laughs> then I could have said, water, the ocean. See? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh my god. Because you don't like water. I do and not. Is Lana. I don't have anything that specific. I think the things that hold me back the most is anxiety. Just mm. straight anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I deal with it pretty well unless... Like, I think the thing that'll hold me back the most in my job and the, we'll, we'll see that I don't advance too far is social anxiety. Okay. I do not want... To have to network ever, Ooh, yes. ever. I don't ever fucking ever fucking want to have to do it. I'm I with you on that. I don't want to have to go to cocktail parties and small talk everyone in the room. I don't fucking want to do it, and it's miserable to have to do. And yeah. I just sit there fucking panic sweating and like crying. Yes, and I need to be able to do that if I'm going to ever proceed in my posi- like in my job. I can't always hide from that i've i've crafted a very nice position in my current place where i don't have to ever do those kind of things Mm -hmm. but i know that my current boss wants to see me grow and wants to see me grow in that kind of direction and it's just like i don't think i can do it like if i had to go i'd go but would i actually accomplish the needed like networking and i don't think i would i'd be i'd show up anytime you like said i had to be somewhere i would do it yeah and then i would stand quietly somewhere with a drink <laughs> smiling at people who looked at me no. <laughs> that, i'm with you on it that's like me joining all these zoom meetings and then we, we do the breakout sessions into smaller groups there's only like five or six other people with me i'm like well fuck now i do actually have to talk yeah but i think the great thing about what you do and what you have done is just like you said you have built this position your position to fit all of your needs Mm-hmm. And you have made it clear that this is where this you want to be. Do. <laughs> you don't want to be the next executive. No, what's, I don't. What is it? What What's the president or executive director? Director. Yeah, you don't want to be there. You don't want to have that that role. You don't want to have to network. You don't want to have to lobby. You don't want to have to do any of that no, bullshit. I'm I with wouldn't, you on that. I wouldn't be good at it, and it would be bad for the agency to make me do that. Right, and they hopefully you should recognize it like i think it's when they talk about yeah but it'll be so good for you to get out and do that and you know your stuff sure you could say that but if i know that within myself then i know that it's not going to be good and you can't tell me how i feel about it there's a certain like there's challenging yourself in ways that are good for you and will produce growth yeah and then there's just challenging yourself to cause yourself pain and suffering more (laughs) anxiety (laughs) yes could i do this yeah, would it suck every time I had to do it? And would I go home and like spend an hour crying? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Is that a healthy thing to do just because it's supposed to be good for my career? Right. I don't think it is. That doesn't sound no. healthy to me. In it fact, is something it deters me from wanting to do it even more. It does. And so I do think, but I, I can see how it is a thing that is 
like Lana, like it holds her back. It, it is probably holding me mm-hmm. back from bigger opportunities in life. And I don't know if there's, I mean, hers was easy. She just had to be thrown in the ocean. I don't think <laughs> there's an easy solution where you're just going to like, I don't know, hit me with a book and then I'm going to be cool with <laughs> awkward chit chat. Right. And I'm not very political. That's not true. That's a very false statement. I'm super <laughs> diplomatic. Mm-hmm. But I get angry about having to be diplomatic. <laughs> like yeah. I could like I could be nice to people who suck because I'm diplomatic about it, but I don't want to do it. And so right. it, it diminishes over time. Mm-hmm. So in any of those positions you're working with, you're not gonna like all the people. And especially if you're dealing with politicians like yes. uh congressmen or uh, county commissioners or councilmen, city mm-hmm. councils or mayors or something, you have to politic it. You have to be like smoothy about it. Right. And you have to like let them have their ideas and, t- you know, tell them that they're good ideas or whatever. You have to work all of the angles. Yeah. You have to have the bipartisan mind. Otherwise, you won't get anywhere. I'd be polite to all of them, but I would over time hate them and they would probably be <laughs> able to tell. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just be like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. You suck. Anyway, whatever. This got weird. <laughs> Sorry, that went, no, what's your what's your phobia? Your what, are you scared of spiders? What what what's no? What's your... I was gonna say grocery stores. Oh yeah, grocery stores. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them. I hate uh, them so much. They give me so much stress. You and, and Dan. Pain. I fucking hate them. <laughs> The day that I ordered Instacart for Costco was like the best day of my life. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I don't have to go to Costco it's anymore. The best. What the fuck? Well, and Costco in particular, Jesus fucking my right? God. And I love Costco. I just don't like going there. No, if I could go alone <laughs> and just go through the store and get the shit I needed with no one else in it except just one checker, hours. just one checker, <laughs> it would be the best thing. But it's all the people and the way they move unpredictably. Yeah. Well, it turns out groceries are suck. So, <laughs> but they're also important because that's how we feed ourselves. That is how we live. I tried life. to grow things, but I only grew zucchini, and they're not enough to feed you for life. <laughs> anyway, fun fuck fact time. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, because it was part of the book, and we tried to make it part of our kiss and tell, but it didn't work out super great. <laughs> I found an article about how to overcome your fear of the ocean. Oh, man, I totally fucked this up. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) It's on healthline.com. And I, oh, it's written by Alicia Lockett uh, in 2019. The title of it is How to Overcome Your Fear of the Ocean. And it says that, um... I'll, you know, I'm not going to say a lot because I think if you have it, you should read it. But fear of the ocean is known as thalassophia. Oh. No. Thalass... <laughs> Thalassophobia. <laughs> there we go. Thalassoph... Sorry, guys. Greek is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Thalassophobia. And so it's like agitation and restlessness and worry and anxiety and panic attacks related to the ocean and thinking about the ocean or seeing it. So. Yeah, definitely. I haven't had a panic attack yet, but uh, anywhere I get right in the middle of any large body of water, I get super uncomfortable. Yeah. It's the unknown that I just can't. It's, you know, you can't breathe water, so I get that. It's a little scary. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I don't like seaweed <laughs> like swimming in seaweed or eating seaweed or well, just any of it but i don't like when i'm walking around and it's seaweedy oh okay i like when it's clear and there's no no little plant things right just like water like and sand hidden sharks the, the ninja sharks that hide in the seaweed are out to get you um not <laughs> ninja sharks per se but just anything that could get me from the seaweed yeah right i do so but yeah no i get you i don't i like the ocean though i like i like water yeah i do well the ocean's full of trash now so i don't like it as much as i used to <laughs> totally humans suck they we do we really do all right so in the end of the book they end up together but they never really profess their love or go back to figuring out what their 
fate or prophecy or whatever is supposed to be. And she's pregnant with a baby boy. Yeah. And they're super stoked because there hasn't been a new siren in like ever. And sirens never give birth to boys. So they don't mm-hmm. know what this boy is going to be. Is no. it going to be a, a siren, mermaid, mermaid, siren, demigod, Valkyrie? Valkyrie. We don't fucking know. <laughs> He's going to be a sea turtle. <laughs> oh, that'd be upsetting to give birth to a sea turtle. It would be. I did like the prelude to the next book where mm-hmm. Claire's terrified that she's going to be pregnant with a bunny <laughs> with like an actual bunny yeah <laughs> not a wear bunny but a bunny bunny and like how upsetting that would be <laughs> yeah no I'm excited for the third one too I want to round out the series we'll add it to the list at some point but yeah we'll get there and also I just want to I want to know her backstory how do you get to be a wear bunny living among wolves right totally kind of crazy yeah all right so what would you give this book as far as ratings you know i'm gonna have to be bluntly honest here and i think i'm gonna have to give this book a six not that that is a terrible number no it's just not one that i would normally correlate with eve i love eve and i love her books one of my favorite stories is one of the kodiak series ones so i think the lack of connection to the characters and I personally wish that there was a little bit more pull and connection to the first book, which I fucking loved. I loved that book. That was the greatest book. So good. I wish that there was more of that. I kind of wish Beth had a role in this book, too, with an update on how her and Jean and Simon are doing. And so, yeah, I just it it didn't grapple me the way that I felt like it would have knowing how how Eve writes. I agree. I was a bit disappointed it wasn't bad and it's fast it's only a couple of it's four hours for the audio so it's not 12 hours of what is you know disappointment it's it's quick and it's still entertaining like it moved quickly i do i i know the plane crashing scene was a little bit hard for you but i thought it was also that it was super fun to watch and to read like you really did get like this action scene of Jory fighting off a kraken. It was fucking awesome. And then when we found out he could fly was super great. So the action scenes were well done and I, I mm-hmm. got entertained by those. A hundred percent that the chemistry just wasn't there for the characters. I did not understand their relationship and at no point did I feel connected to it. So I wasn't, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, whatever. I hope they have sex just so I can read sex, <laughs> you know. But not because I really care about these two all that much. And then speaking of, well, yes, it was fun that all the sex scenes started pretty nicely with Cunnilingus. Even the sex scenes were a little bit tame. Drab. For Eve. For Eve. Especially coming off of a threesome book. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess that is a hard one to follow. I think that's probably it. I think perhaps we're in a different order. Yeah. Our opinions would have been different. But I think because we had just recently, too, for us, read Hybrid Miss It and had such high expectations because I love mermaids. Yeah. And I was super excited for a mermaid book, even though we didn't like the last mermaid book. We I was going to say, we're 0 and 2 for fucking mermaid books. <laughs> Somebody give us a good mermaid book, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> and just like the quirk of a mermaid who's afraid of oceans. It's like, yeah, ah. it but it's just so good. There, it just wasn't as quirky as the premise seemed. Right. Right. It just didn't match the premise. So I do think a six is a very fair rating for this book because it's not a bad book. No, I don't it's not have terrible. anything against Mm-mm. it. And because it is such a small time investment, I definitely would suggest. You know, if you like Eve, if you like the first Misfit book, uh, you know, I don't know why you'd skip a book. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, honestly, this didn't really, I think it would be fine if you did. Unless Claire you could, probably. touched back on. I imagine a lot of shit has to come back in Claire's Yeah. Back. Like, either there's going to be another book that wraps all this shit up, or Claire's book's going to have to have everything. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've got, we've got loose ends all across the fucking place. So, I don't know. But yeah, so again, it's it's not bad. It's it's good. I'm glad we read it. I wanted to like it more than I did. Yeah. And honestly, I would still recommend it, I think, especially to move on through the series. I mean, I think you could skip it because of the content, but don't. Just do it. It's four hours long. You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. Especially if you listen on like 1.2 yeah. or 1.25 speed. It's like not even four yeah. hours. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's so and if you just if you don't have the weird king upset Kalina and I have, then you're probably going to give this book something much better than a six. So this is just our opinion, and who cares about that? Who does? <laughs> but I mean, we have to be fair. Totally, I'm not going to lie about it. I mean, yeah, not every book's going to be a ten. What? Sorry. Sorry. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that wraps up Siren Misfit. And now we move on to book for next episode, which will be Supernatural Inmate by Avery Song and Veronica Agnes and narrated by Lacey Laurel. Yep. So this is a whole new world. We've never had a book about a prison. Sort of. Did we? we did with the telekinesis. Oh, I don't want to talk about that book. <laughs> No, the first one. I know I don't want to know that one. <laughs> we liked that one. We didn't like her second, uh, but it wasn't. It was okay. We hated the yeah. Christine Feehan is yeah. her favorite. <laughs> right, Shadow Game. Um, That's but it. <laughs> mm-hmm. but anyway, well, okay. No, those were just people being held against their will. That's not the same as a prison. <laughs> I mean, it is actually, but there could be nuanced differences. They were they were kidnapped and held as science experiments. Yes, I don't know. I don't remember that book was a long time ago. Anyway, supernatural inmate. So we've got a. Uh, I don't know what we've got, but we're gonna read it. We're gonna read it, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> then we'll know. Join us about, and we'll share it with you. <laughs> oh my All right. So in the meantime. If you want to reach out and talk to us about anything and tell me how wrong I was about my Greek and Roman <laughs> mythology, <laughs> I would love for you to correct me. Uh, <laughs> you can reach us on social media at Shh Dirty Books. That's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Shh Dirty Books. That's Shh with three H's. Or you can just straight email us at shdirtybooks at gmail.com. And you can visit us on our website at shdirtybooks.com and most places that you can find podcasts. And shout out to Jim Townsend for the music um, that you yeah. guys have heard today. And I forgot to even mention her green hair. I thought about you when you were a kid when you went swimming every day and your hair would turn green or blue yes. or something. Yes, I'm we like, did yeah, mention that. You are a I mermaid. I did have green hair for most of my childhood. Well, the summers for most of my childhood. Yeah. Because I spent my whole summer in the pool and I had platinum blonde hair, which meant I had green hair. And all of these people used to give my mom dirty ass looks <laughs> like she dyed my hair green. This is back before you saw children with right, dyed hair. Right, right. In the 80s, that shit didn't happen. And you did not do that. No. So look, you just, you were a mermaid. I was a mermaid. People always called me Little Mermaid. And so that's why I really wanted to love this. <laughs> I know. Because I want to be a mermaid. <laughs> I think part of it was because the mermaids. I guess we didn't mention this either. Wow, look at us figuring out things to talk about <laughs> after we wrapped the episode. The mermaids are more animal-y than people than, than humanoid. They fuck dolphins. Yep. <laughs> that's how that's how they procreate. <laughs> and they aren't people-y. Yeah, they're, they're, they're more animal Yeah, they're not humanoid. They don't really look all that people-y. They're like, they don't just have green hair. They have like greener skin and yeah. they don't really talk. And I was like, oh, I really want mermaids to be like half person, half fish. Right, right. <laughs> They're not aerial. They're not aerial. <laughs> no. All right. Well, now that we've wrapped up twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's yep. all for us today. <laughs> yep. All right. So this is Kalina. And this is Selat. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Listening to Shh, reading dirty books with Galena and Saylet. Be sure to tune into the next episode. Get some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them. <laughs>